It is Chav Thomas, Tavshin Pei Beis, the 20th of Thomas, 5782. Here at the database with Rabbi Yeshua Eisenberg, we're here at Inyana de Yomi. This week's Parsha in Chotzlar is Parsha's Pinchas, and today's Daf is Ksubis Daf Yud Gimel. That's 13 in Ksubis. And what we have today on our Daf is an explicit quote of a Pasuk from Parsha's Pinchas, a beautiful connection, Hashkach Pratis. And that connection comes in the form of a discussion about the concept of a Shtuki. What exactly is a shtuki? So shtuki comes from the Shoresh Lishtok, which means to be quiet. And in this particular case, the Gemara is discussing someone who is of questionable or uncertain descent of lineage. So the case of a shtuki in general is someone who is silenced from claiming any inheritance, any possessions from his father, and that is because his link to his father is actually called into question. There's reason to believe that he is not the true descendant of the person he claims to be the descendant of. And in this particular Gemara, the Gemara was entertaining the possibility of someone who is a shtuki but who is nonetheless kosher. What does that mean? So the Gemara was discussing when it comes to the connection to kahuna, someone who is a kohen, whether or not this individual can be um, considered a Kohen. So the Gemara asks the question, Umi Ika Shtuki Kasher, is there a possibility of a Shtuki, someone who is a Shtuki but who is nonetheless kosher, meaning someone whom we assume he's allowed to marry into all the families of Kala Yisrael, he's not considered a puzzle, he's not considered disqualified on the one hand, and yet he's still unable to claim the rights. In this particular case, the Gemara is talking about the rights to perform the kahuna. So the Gemara says, Is there a case of a shtuki who is nonetheless kosher? Meaning he's not completely disqualified. We don't assume he can't marry in, but at the same time he can't claim the inheritance of his father, or in this case, the rights to kahuna. So the Gemara says, In, there is such a case, Kiddush Shmuel, like we find by Shmuel. To Amr Shmuel, Shmuel says, Asar kohanim omdim. Imagine, you have ten kohanim standing in one place. Uperash echa mehemu vahal. And the Adim, they can see these ten Kohanim, but one of the Kohanim separates from the crowd. The Adim are unable to verify and identify which one of them uh, separated, but he went and he had um, some kind of a, an illicit relationship. In this particular case, we're talking about a case of an, a relationship that was not necessarily out of wedlock, but someone who would not necessarily be disqualified from the kahuna, so he had relations with a woman who might have been kosher to him. The Gemara says, Havalad Shtuki, the, the descendant, the child, is nonetheless going to be a Shtuki. So the Gemara asks one second, my Shtuki, what do we mean he's going to be a Shtuki? Again, someone of unquestionable, sorry, someone of questionable descent. If the whole point of of Shmuel is that we are going to silence him from claiming the possessions of his father, well, pshita, that's obvious. Why? Because do we in fact have a, a father to this child? Do we know who the father is? We already mentioned that we can't verify who the father was because that, because we don't the Adam don't know which of the ten Kohanim um, were his actual father. So it could be any of them. So of course he's not going to be able to claim any uh, ancestral inheritance from from fathers. Ella rather says the Gemara was him that he's a shtuki. We actually silence him from any rites of kahuna, whether it means eating truma or performing the avoda in the Beis HaMikdash. Yeah, maybe he can marry whoever he wants. He's a kosher, but he cannot um, have any of the rites of kahuna. How do we know this? As the Pasuk says, V'haisa lo ulazaro acharav bris kahunas olam. A Pasuk in our Parsha, Parsha's Pinchas, it's Parak Chav Hei, Pasuk Yud Gimel, 
2513, once again, and it should be for him and for his progeny after him an eternal covenant of kahuna, of priesthood. Says the Gemara, whoever's zera, whoever's progeny can in fact be linked to him in the line of legacy, in, in the line of lineage, so then he can be a part of this bris kahunas olam. Yatzazeh, that comes to exclude this individual, She'en Zara Miuchas Acharav. The person whose son, whose progeny cannot be linked back to him in Kuna, because in fact we can't verify um, who the son is, um, or, or who the father is, so therefore this individual, he is a Shtuki. He can marry a regular Jewish woman like anyone, but he cannot uh, perform any of the temple services. He cannot eat from Truma. Now, you might recall from Masechus Yavamus, not so long ago, Daf. Uh, Kuf, Kuf Amid Beis in Yevamos, we had this exact drasha. And there the Gemara goes a little bit further to suggest that this din is really only Zerabanan. The Pasuk is in fact an Asmachta Ba'alma. The Pasuk is just an allusion to this din Zerabanan. And really, Mida Araisa, this individual, is a full-fledged Kohen. Uh, but Midr Abanan, we, um, we, we silence him from practicing any kahuna. We don't want to involve him in the rites of kahuna, and therefore he does not engage in any of these practices. And the question that we might want to consider is why that might be. Why would an individual who... It's very obvious that he's a Kohen. It was one of these ten Kohanim, right? So there was, in fact, a Kohen that went and 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 and... and, and um, had the relations with this woman to give birth to this child. So this child is certainly a Kohen, isn't he? And yet we, we learn out this Dinder Abundant from our Pasuk in our Parsha, in Parsha's Pinchas, that the eternal covenant, the eternal bris of Kahuna is only for someone who we can actually link father to son. It has to be an explicit link. It can't be that we have a pool of possible Kohanim that might be the father. That's not enough, at least according to the Rabbanan. So why should that be? And Perhaps we can answer this question by also considering um, the, the Gemara in Zvachim, which suggests that Pinchas himself was not able to be called a Kohen until he did the act that we found in last week's Parsha, Parsha's Balak, when he killed Zimri. So the Gemara in Zvachim, on Daf Kuf Aleph Amid Beis, Rashi quotes it in our Parsha, says that once Pinchas killed Zimri, then he was able to be called a Kohen, but there, by, by technicality, he did not have that right. When Hashem had Moshe Rabbeinu anoint Aaron and his sons, Pinchas, the grandson of Aaron, was already born, and it wasn't on Pinchas that the, that, that the kahuna was conferred. It was only conferred upon Aaron and his children, and then anyone that would come from them henceforth, any future children that Aaron would have, or that is, other children would have, Nadav, Aviyu, Elazar, Nisam, or any children that they might have had, they would become Kohan him, but otherwise, any grandchildren that were already alive, they would be regular Levian. Uh, by the way, this uh, this approach is uh, contested by um, one pshat in the Das Kanim um, uh, and uh, and the Chizkuni, who both suggest that really Pinchas was a Kohen. Uh, up until that point, and the question is, what did it mean that he was granted kahuna at this point? So you can just um, stay tuned to Parsha Pardes, where we're going to talk about that a little bit more. But the question, once again, is if if Pinchas was not named a Kohen until this point, the question is, why didn't Pinchas have that right of being a Kohen to begin with? And perhaps the idea is that when it comes to kahuna, kahuna ha- um, relies on verifiable, affirmative connection to our own. And in this case, in the case of our Pasuk, to Pinchas. Right, the Gemara, the, the Pasuk in our Parsha goes out of its way to link Pinchas, Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron Akohen. And the Gemara does that to suggest Pinchas's 
um, technical right to Kahuna and also uh, the fact that people were saying um, bad things about him. Um, the Gemara talks about this as well. There are Motsi laws. They were uh, suggesting that, oh, look at this man who's descended from Yisro, who was an idol worshiper, and now he's killing leaders of Klal Yisrael, um, killing Zimri. And the Gemara says, no, we're going to link him back to Aaron, the Ohev Shalom, the Rodev Shalom. We're going to link him back to someone of pure, clean um, descent, someone who is a Kohen. And perhaps that's part of what's being uh, highlighted here in our in our Gemara, but the the, the 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 emphasis is on the fact that Kahuna is something that has to not just be verifiable, but it has to be affirmative. There has to be no questions at all. It's the link between father and son, not just between a pool of people and a pool of possible children. And if you think about the context of this Gemara, the context of Shmuel's case, Shmuel talks about a Kohen who separates from the crowd and just has a relationship. And we don't even know the nature of that relationship. That resembles the act of Zimri, if you think about it. That resembles the act of the B'nai Israel who were engaging with the Benos Moab and the Benos Midian, something that was, at the very least, something that was something to be frowned upon, something that was not considered appropriate, something that was not pure and pristine. And this Kohen goes ahead and he does this. How can we ascribe any real Kohanic rights to that child? Is this something that Pinchas would have appreciated? Right? This is something that Pinchas would have been okay with? Pinchas, who maybe at the time wasn't a Kohen, but Pinchas was able to call something inappropriate when it was. Pinchas was able to be a zealot for Hashem, to get up and act when something needed to be done. And that's how Pinchas became a Kohen. And that's how Pinchas was Zoha to a brisk Hunas Olam. A brisk Hunas Olam, even if Midr Araisa, this individual who was born to one of these Kohanim that's separated from the crowd, even if, yeah, Midr Araisa, he's a Kohen and should be able to perform all the rites of a Kohen, but this is certainly not in the spirit of the Kohuna, certainly not in the spirit of the Zera who's Miyuchas the Kohen, that, that pure, clean lineage coming from the Kohen. The Rabbanim were not okay with this. Once again, the Kuna relies on this verifiable, affirmative, and pure connection to Aaron and to Pinchas. These were people who made sacrifices, whether they were benevolent sacrifices that were accepted by everybody, or they were controversial, like Pinchas's act. The point is, it was to the end of Shalom, and it was to the end of this brisk Kuhunas Olam, an eternal covenant of Kahuna. If you enjoy this year and the other ones like this on the podcast, and you want to partner up with us here at the database to give a sponsorship, or if you have questions, comments, concerns, recommendations, or want to join the database podcast WhatsApp group, for frequent updates and links to every share that's uploaded, then all you have to do is reach out to me at thedatabase at gmail.com. That's the data then base, B-E-I-S at gmail.com. In the meantime, stay tuned and stay attuned to the incredible Inyana Diomi. Thank you for joining us here at The Database.